Back in the olden days, this Sunday was known as Septuagesima Sunday. It means that Easter is less than 70 days away. And they put away the Alleluia and they started wearing purple vestments, preparing us for the season of Lent. And Lent is close, it's only a couple of weeks away. And Jesus will tell us on Ash Wednesday when Lent begins to give alms in such a way that our left hand doesn't know what our right hand is doing. And he's going to tell us to pray in our inner room. And he's going to tell us to wash our face so nobody can tell that we're fasting. But today he says, Let your light, your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds. So what, is the Lord's message inconsistent? Is he contradicting himself? But let's read on. What are his next words? That they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. On Ash Wednesday, we hear the Lord Jesus tell his disciples, take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. So we see that the Lord's message is perfectly consistent. We perform righteous deeds out of love, willing and doing the good of the other. And love glorifies our Heavenly Father, so our good deeds then glorify God who is love. And love, of course, is the greatest of all virtues. I've probably said that a hundred times. Sometimes we call love charity. Those two words are interchangeable. And I'll use both of them in this homily. So in complete freedom, we choose the good of the other. And on our first reading from the prophet Isaiah, he gives us very concrete examples of how we do that. He gives us opportunities to perform this greatest of all virtues, love or charity, the virtue that's most associated with God himself. He tells us, share your bread, shelter the oppressed and the homeless, clothe the naked, satisfy the afflicted. The amazing thing is that Isaiah was around several hundred years before our Lord, and then it's been 2,000 years since our Lord was walking on this earth, and we still struggle with charity, we still struggle with generosity. We have, we have not been as charitable or as generous as we can. And I'm preaching to myself, and I let you listen in on it. I could do more. I could be more joyful at the opportunity when someone asks. And it's a reminder, as we're called to charity, as we're called to generosity, that every gift is the Lord's. They belong to Him. They're really not our stuff. We're just stewards of the Lord's many gifts. And in charity and generosity, it also calls to mind the Catholic principle of subsidiarity. That's a fancy word that says we do things at the lowest level, person to person. And if we can't take care of persons at the lowest level, then we go up to the next level, the parish community perhaps. Then maybe the next level, the diocese perhaps. So you see how it then gets bigger and bigger from there. But we've noticed that we've fallen short. We've noticed because of that then the government has to step in. And we might remember from our eighth grade civics class that there are three levels of government. And the federal government in, in originally had two tasks, to print money and to provide for national defense. But we notice for a whole host of different reasons, it looks a lot different than that now. Not forgetting once again, that there is government at the other two levels of state and local. And of course, it's good to have safety nets for the poor. But the problem is we miss this big opportunity 
to practice the greatest of all virtues, charity, love, done in the freedom of our own hearts for the good of another person. Of course, government collects taxes, whether we like it or not. That, of course, takes away our freedom. So our aid to the poor is then no longer love. It's no longer charity, the greatest of all virtues. It's now something that for, that's forced and can't be love, as good as it is or not. So what is our problem then as human beings? Is it maybe that we have some fear? Are we afraid of giving too much? Are we afraid that everyone else isn't giving his or her fair share, so we hold back? And of course, we know that fear is a tool that the evil one uses to try to keep us from virtue. So the Lord doesn't say, only give as much as the Joneses next door. But the Lord invites us to be like the Heavenly Father, the one who is most generous. We will never be able to outdo God in our generosity. Once again, I'm preaching to myself, letting you listen in on it for your benefit. So if our motive in true Christianity is charity, then it will glorify God. And that's because charity never focuses on the self, but also always focuses on the other for the good of the other, and charity imitates God. Charity focuses on the good of the other. And of course, we do good to others because our, our neighbor is, has inherent dignity made in God's image. So then throughout the Gospels continually, our Lord is telling us the importance of having a loving heart. And today he calls us to be the salt of the earth and the light for the world. Many times we've seen Catholic websites and stores that sell things like t-shirts that have a salt shaker and a light bulb. Before Mass, there was a, there it is up there still, a light bulb that's a salt shaker also. Isn't that interesting for us Christians who are called to be salt and light? But notice how none of these things, neither of these things are useful in themselves. Salt is only important because it makes other things taste good. Light isn't useful when it's shining in our eyes. Light is important because it illuminates other things. Salt and light are at the service of other things, so that reminds us we are also called at, as Christians to be at the service of other things. So we Christians then, like salt and light, are called to season, illuminate, and enhance the world. God called Israel his chosen people so he could start from there and then gather everyone else in. We then, as the church, are called to be set apart as God's own people and then bring in the rest. Christians are at the service of others. So we then become these living icons of the crucified Jesus. And we imitate St. Paul who says that he is single-minded, knowing only Christ and him crucified. We are then light and salt, you and me, it's not someone else's job, it's ours. So we have this perfect starting point in the holy sacrifice of the Mass where the Lord offers us himself in word and example and in sacrament, his body, blood, soul, and divinity so that we can be light for the earth, light for the world, salt for the earth. 